Hey, welcome back, my friend. This is Brian Del Turco with Jesus Smart, the podcast. We have a special Godspeed episode today. It's episode number 113. And what I want to share with you for just a few minutes is something that flared within me recently in a small group setting and in my own scripture reading. Do you want to go pro with Jesus? Uh, If we were to use metaphors from the sports world, uh, if you're talking about, let's say, American football, do you want to go from like a Division III college team to an elite National Football League team that level? I want to suggest to you that we are living in extreme times and we need intense Christ followers who want to go pro with Jesus, who want to be well-developed in Christ as an apprentice of the kingdom. And I have a passage here from 1 Peter chapter 2, which I'd like to take a quick dive into. You know, there's just many illustrations we could try to use about gaming up and elevating. Maybe it's soccer. You know, you can be on a traveling soccer team somewhere in the world, but it's different if you're on an elite European team, the elite leagues, right? That that global level. And this is what we need in Christ following. This is 2020. I mean, look around you in whatever nation you're in or look at geopolitical events. Uh, the world is sort of on fire right now. And there is much advancement from the kingdom of darkness What we need is more advancement, elevated advancement from the church of Christ. The gates of hell shall not prevail against what Jesus is authentically building. And that's a key part. What is he authentically building? He said, I will build my ecclesia, my church. But many times we build church after our own image. I don't know if Jesus really entrusts us with building his church. He said, go out and make disciples. I'm working with this right now. But he said, go out and make disciples. And for sure, he uses us in the building of his ecclesia. But I feel like he reserves the right to build his church. He has the blueprint. He is the master craftsman. He is that elect stone which has been laid down as a foundation. And I want to suggest to you, my friend, I don't know what your vision for life is, you know, relationally, financially, well-being, your work, your business, the kingdom contribution that you're called to bring to the table. But I want to suggest to you that you need to cry out to God. I need to cry out to God to be rightly fitted together in whatever season of life you're in engrafted into the body of Christ, into an ecclesia expression that Jesus is building you in a, in a, in a wonderful way. You need to agitate for that and be honing in on that and crying out to God for it. Well, let me get right to this passage in first Peter chapter two, Peter says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow if you have tasted, the Lord is gracious. And then coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house, 
It's a spiritual edifice. This is the ecclesia that Jesus said he would build in Matthew 16. He referenced it again in Matthew 18. Peter says we're to be a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You can read verses 6, 7, 8. I encourage you to do that. And then verse 9. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This is it. It's a kingly, it's that king anointing and that priest anointing merged together in Christ, in us, into a royal priesthood. Peter says we are a holy nation, his own special people, that we may proclaim the praises, the excellencies of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We once were not a people, but now we are the people of God. We had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. And especially in verse 9 here, Peter is clearly drawing upon language from the Old Testament, Exodus 19, verses 4 to 6, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. This is God speaking. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagle's wings, and I brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. It was always God's intent for Israel to be an exemplar nation, a model nation that the nations of the earth could also come into covenant relationship with God. They were to model excellence in health and well-being, agriculture, business, commerce, wealth creation, how a society works, how people can live together in the shalom of God, family life, community life, tribal life, as a nation, as a whole. In every respect, they were to model. It's like the Ethiopian queen when she came to visit Solomon and Israel was at its zenith there under the reign of David and then Solomon. It it says her spirit, her breath was taken away when she saw everything in the kingdom of Solomon. Well, Jesus said, a greater one than Solomon is now among you, meaning himself. And Solomon was but a type and a shadow of the excellencies of Christ, the excellencies of how things work best. And so Peter draws on this language and, and the Israel over the arc of its history, it failed in its calling. And Jesus said, now the kingdom will be given to those who will bear, a, bear the fruit of it. And he opened it up to the Gentile world, the non-Jewish world, as well as those Jews who would believe. Little tangent here, God is not done with Israel. Read Romans 9 through 11, the nation of Israel today that's been reconstituted in 1948 in the Middle East. Something supernatural has happened there and God is not done with the nation of Israel. You can read about this in the scriptures. But the gospel has been opened up globally, and now we are that nation, Peter says in, in, in 1 Peter 2, 9. We are that special people. We are to be that exemplar people. Our marriages should be the best on the planet. 
our sex lives should be the healthiest and the best on the planet. Integrity, fidelity, our, our parenting, our community life, our finances, our well-being, our innovative capacity, our creative thinking, solutions, answers, inventions, businesses, entrepreneurship, what we bring to the education space. We should be teaching at a level that the world cannot teach. We serve the master teacher, the master rabbi. He said, come to me and learn from me. That DNA is in us. We should go into the business world and come up with uh, innovative solutions and services and products which solve problems and address pain points. And we should be an exemplar in this. We should go into the civic government space and teach and model and express how society works best as salt and as light, arts and entertainment. We should be the best. We should have narratives and storytelling and messaging that is wholesome, that is design-orientated, that is in alignment with God's design. All of these spaces, we could go on and on about that. You know, in Revelation chapter 1, I really don't have any notes here. I, I got three Bibles open. Just I'm, I'm just kind of whipping this out. It's, it's, I've been thinking about it, so these bullet points are in my mind. So, But in, in Revelation chapter 1, uh, John, who's writing from the island of Patmos, speaking of the ascended Christ, he said, from Jesus Christ, this is verses 5 and 6, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. We know all about that, the love of God. We've been forgiven. We've been released from our sins by the blood of Christ. But verse 6, a conjunction and, let's not forget part B here, the other side of the coin, he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. See, we're good at the message of forgiveness and quote-unquote going to heaven someday, but that is an insufficient gospel of sin management. It's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's half spectrum at best. Maybe it's quarter spectrum. Maybe it's one-eighth of the bandwidth of what we're supposed to, to experience. I don't know. But, but look at this passage in 1 Peter 2. I, I just encourage you to read it. Read it. Read it in different translations. Think about it. Start praying into it. Ask this question. Jesus, what are you up to here? What are you doing? And then ask this question. Jesus, how can I fit into what you're doing? What do you want me to do? How can I harmonize with your craftsmanship, what you are building. We grow by the word of God. I'm landing this right now. But God does nothing apart from the agency of his word. And I'm beginning to believe that the reason we are not seeing a kingdom expression of the ecclesia, a royal priesthood, like Peter's talking about here in 1 Peter 2, is because we have such a low word life. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. This is a predicate or a, a precedent for all that God is building. God does everything in our lives, personally, corporately, through the agency of his inspired word. It's how he works. 
Have you ever seen a hungry baby? I mean, have you ever seen a baby who's like overdue to eat and really hungry? That little human being will not be denied. When they are longing for milk, let me tell you, there is no, that's the kind of intensity and hunger. If your hunger is at a low ebb, just ask God, Holy Spirit, excite in me a deep hunger for the word. He's the one who inspired it. He's the one who illuminates it to us. Excite in me, agitate in me, put in me, Holy Spirit, such a raging passion for your word that I will take Netflix time and I will move it right on over into Word time. I will take pixel time on my phone and I will slide it right over into Word time. And this is what will elevate us to a higher expression of what it means to be an apprentice of Christ, an apprentice of his kingdom, as well as a higher expression of what it means to locate, to create, to be fit into an ecclesia expression the ideal that Jesus is looking for. Be resolved to commit yourself to what he's building. He will honor you for it. He will reward you for it. So much of being blessed is just getting under the spout where the glory comes out. I mean, just align what he is blessed, align yourself to what he is blessing and what he is building and seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things that the non-kingdom people seek will be added as a byproduct to you. That's what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. So I encourage you to really excite your word life and then keep coming to Jesus as that living cornerstone. And you also now, as as a quickened stone, will be built into this spiritual edifice that he's building, verse 5. And it is, verse 9, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a, a nation, we are like a, a kingdom nation on the planet with, that lives within the nations of the earth, like a nation within a nation, or really globally, a nation within the nations. We are special. We proclaim the design of God, the excellencies of God. Well, I'm excited about it. First Peter 2, I think what we have right there. Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. Peter wrote this several decades later. I don't know exactly how long after Jesus spoke that in Matthew 16. He, he, he comes to it again in Matthew 18. But Jesus left it to Paul, to Peter, and to others. He said, the Holy Spirit will come. He will show you more. He will reveal to you more. And they understood and brought this revelation. They advanced the revelation of what Jesus gave us in a seed form in Matthew 16 and 18. We have to get into the New Testament and allow it to reshape our thinking and our worldview. Well, okay, I feel like I discharged that. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you feel that somebody would value this particular piece of content, that they're ready for this, or that they need to be inspired to hunger for it, share this episode with them. That's the best way that podcasting episodes get around with a little bit of a viral effect is that word of mouth. Appreciate you. This is episode 113. I said it was a Godspeed episode. A little bit longer than a normal Godspeed episode. It's sort of like a Godspeed episode on on some steroids maybe. Hey, the next episode coming out this week, uh, 114, is the second part of our conversation with Dustin Johnson. 
Bernie versus Christ, the capitalist. We're going to be digging into Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. We'll catch you then. Yeah.